What is going on? It is time for the Live Mike Podcast once again. The show is moving uh, to the 30-minute format for podcast listeners only, so I'm uh, really excited to bring uh, this show back to you guys. Um, what? Uh, getting right into things, I guess, here, uh, what is there left to say about what a crazy weekend um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, they, uh, they didn't use Labor Day uh, as a weekend of rest, to say the very least. Um, kicking things right off with uh, with the cuts that they did make, actually the the team uh, the team obviously had to go through cut down day on Saturday, and some names that we kind of expected to uh, be on the outs um, did kind of go that way. But a few other names were uh, a bit of shockers to say the least. Um, the biggest one, namely obviously Ryan Switzer, when he got cut, I think uh, I think I was most surprised by that, especially when the Steelers didn't elect to bring him back to the practice squad. Ryan Switzer is uh, someone that obviously has been documented as being uh, Ben Roethlisberger's, uh, one of his closest buddies on the team, and uh, I think uh, I think a lot of us as Steelers fans probably uh, probably looked at that a little too closely as guaranteeing that uh, that Ryan Switzer would be on the final 53-man roster, but the Steelers chose to only go with five wide receivers. And uh, the fifth guy being Ray Ray McLeod, who uh, only joined the, the team a couple weeks ago, just straight up beat him out and took his spot. And uh, Ray Ray, I think, is someone who's going to play uh, a little bit more in a, a couple different situations. Uh, he potentially could be a gunner, but I know he's of smaller stature. But I know Ray Ray McLeod is uh, is on the punting and kick returning uh, depth charts, uh, and he's also he's also going to play a little bit in the slot from everything we've seen out of training camp. So getting beat out. Um, by a guy that was only on the team really for a couple weeks um, really speaks volumes to uh, kind of uh, what happened with Ryan Switzer, who by all counts has been uh, one of the most polarizing players of this offseason. So I think that one was probably the, the uh, biggest uh, biggest kind of uh, swing and a miss um, from myself when it came to breaking down this 53-man roster. And I think, I think a lot of us were legitimately surprised when Ryan Switzer made the team. But I think on on the flip side, if uh, Switzer was getting cut, I think all of us believe that Deion Kane would be a Pittsburgh Steeler in 2020. While he is on the practice squad, he will not be featured on the Steelers' top five wide receivers. Uh, I, I think that namely, namely comes down to one Mr. Chase Claypool coming in and uh, kind of doing everything that the Steelers wanted out of Deion Kane, but just doing it a little bit better, being a little bit bigger, being a little bit faster, have a bigger catching radius. So Deion Kane not making this team when you really think about it kind of makes sense uh, from what the Steelers already have on their roster. So I don't think that's that's something that's going to be missed. And if, say, there is an injury somewhere down the road, I think Deion Kane for sure is someone that would get called up. And uh, I think he could make some plays. He has in the past, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does it again in the future. Another skill position that uh, I don't really think was a shock because I know... I know for once the Steelers were pretty much dead set on taking four running backs with them into the regular season, which they did do. But uh, Jalen Samuels, of course, did make the team. It was Kareth White, who was the odd man out at running back, um, not being picked up to the practice squad like uh, Wendell Smallwood was, who battled injury throughout training camp. But Kareth White, uh, someone who showed a lot of explosiveness in 2019, uh, he 
he stepped up as a third down player uh, and, and uh, really kind of broke some long runs and saw some uh, big playability, which was uh, one of the things that lacked a lot out of the Steelers team in 2019 and led me, like a lot of us, to believe that Kareth White might have a spot on the Steelers in 2020. Uh, I think once Anthony McFarlane was drafted this team, however, I think those uh, those kind of hopes dwindled for Kareth White because they both do a lot of things simu- similarly, which is something we've uh, we've kind of already uh, under covered when it came to uh, some of these uh, some of these cuts, specifically Deion Kane and Chase Claypool. Um, moving things right along more with the uh, defensive guys on uh, on this uh, kind of exercise that we're going through. One Mr. Dan McCullers being cut. I think uh, I think what surprised me there is that uh, Big Dan, uh, he played, uh, I guess this would be seven years for him now, obviously entering the practice squad, um, but uh, Big Dan not making this team in favor of a Car- Car- Carlos Davis make that, the uh, seventh round draft pick of the Steelers in 2020. Um, and by all accounts, Davis wasn't having a great training camp and was viewed as a big project, but he did uh, he did make the team. Uh, Dan McCullers was called out, though, by defensive coordinator Keith Butler, saying they just got to see more from him because at the end of the day, he has been in this organization for a whole lot longer than uh, than most players usually get the opportunity to be before they're moved on from. Dan McCullers in six seasons only had 21 uh, career solo tackles, uh, which is rather surprising for a guy who was able to stick around for as long as he has. And he's still making it uh, to year seven. Um all the while being a practice squad player in one of those veteran practice squad spots that are special to the 2020 season. So Dan McCullers making it to year eight seems uh, almost at this point like a like a non-possibility, but I have been surprised in the past, but uh, I don't really expect too much out of Dan McCullers uh, moving forward. That being said, if uh, Davis does uh, flounder a bit, uh, McCullers could totally be uh, pulled back up. I wouldn't be surprised if that is a move that uh, we will would see happen in the coming days, uh, perhaps after a game, something maybe to fire up Dan McCullers to uh, to just flat out play better. You're on the practice squad in year seven. If you want to stay in the NFL, uh, you better flip it around. And when you get the chance to be called up, you better take it and run. Uh, continuing right along with the defensive players here, UDFA, undrafted free agent, make that Trajan Bandy was cut. Um, Honestly, honestly, for me, that I think that was a little bit of a surprise because I thought out of all the corners uh, coming into it, uh, I thought he would have the best chance of making this team. Uh, the Steelers did go with James Pierre, uh, another undrafted free agent in 2020, as the guy uh, that makes the final cornerback uh, spot on this team. Pierre, by all accounts, had an amazing training camp, and he credited uh, Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson with really welcoming him into the organization and teaching him a ton uh, while he's been there, which which is something you hear from coaches uh, wanting from their players all the time, just uh, wanting them to absorb all the information they can from the veterans, and, and by all accounts, it sounds like James Pierre did that, and he uh, he showed up when it came uh, to be on the field. Trajan Bandy on the flip side, uh, instead of making this team, he does wind up on the practice squad uh, and will have an opportunity to make the team again uh, next year. I, I think with him, it really depends uh, in 2021 what happens with Mike Hilton. Uh, I know a little longer, uh, a little ways from now, we'll talk about uh, the, the re-signings of this team um, that still haven't been uh, 
announced yet because we know uh, one Cam Hayward at this point of recording has been signed, but Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette said uh, some unnamed player um, is working on an extension with the Steelers as I'm speaking right now. So until that happens, it's it's potential that Mike Hilton could be that guy, but uh, as of right now, Mike Hilton is on an expiring contract, and if he does walk at, the, at season's end, uh, Cam Sutton isn't quite the, the nickel corner that uh, teams normally covet in 2020, but uh, he he's more of a coverage guy, and I, I think he plays better uh, when he's playing outside or in those coverage downs. So when it comes to getting someone to step up in the run, I think Trajan Bandy is totally the guy that the Steelers would call on in that situation to have that done. So unless Mike Hilton is uh, re-signed, I think Bandy might be the guy moving forward at that spot, potentially more as a backup in 2021. But um, it's really going to depend on what happens with the organization really moving forward here. And uh, I think there's still moves to be made, but the Steelers, obviously their cap situation for the future is, uh, well, you know what? It it really is in an interesting spot, namely because we don't know what the salary cap is going to be in 2021. Uh, Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has affected that. Um, Will it be a flat cap? Will the cap drop? Both are are potentials. Um, As something uh, my co-host on uh, Beck in Black, uh, Jeffrey Benedict, has stated before, he he doesn't think that the owners are just going to be willing to drop the cap and let all these star star players be free agents that don't even play, um, and then potentially just go sign in the XFL if if, uh, Dwayne Johnson can convince some billionaires to pony up a little bit of money and offer uh, a little bit more than the NFL league minimum to these veteran guys to kind of kickstart their league, which is definitely a possibility. Uh, the XFL could potentially sign, save the NFL uh, when it comes to talent, which is a little funny to think of, but definitely a possibility moving forward. So as Jeffrey Benedict says, the the owners the owners aren't just going to let talent walk because they uh, want to save 25 million bucks. Um, if you really think the Roonies are just going to be like, all right, Juju, see you goodbye, um, and not even uh, make a case at uh, offering them a contract because uh, the salary cap dropped $23 million, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and neither does my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict. But on the flip side, uh, I think uh, I think what we might see happen is, is a flat cap at worst and then uh, lowering of the league minimum. So teams that, with owners that just flat out can't afford the extra $25 million don't have to spend up to the cap floor, potentially just uh, make teams have to spend less if they if they can only afford to do a certain amount. Uh, so dropping the cap floor and then uh, making the salary cap remain the same. So teams that are contenders can keep the band together uh, and teams that are uh, desperately trying to find ways to save money, especially in, with everything going on, would be given the opportunity to do so. So in that sense, I could see that uh, have happen, uh, but uh, I think we'll have to wait and see where that will obviously all wind up. Getting back to the cuts, however, here, there's two more that uh, really big cuts, actually, that um, I want to touch on lastly here before we head into our break. Number one, Devlin Hodges. That, uh, that cut was a little surprising to me, obviously cu- coupled with another move, but uh, Paxton Lynch not making the team because, by all accounts, again, uh, we weren't at training camp, but to everyone that was said uh, Paxton Lynch uh, couldn't throw the ball. Uh, he, he couldn't throw a rock at the broadside of a barn, I think some people would say. Uh, Paxton Lynch, by by some reports um, during some passing drills, would uh, air the ball right over the heads of receivers, and uh, it would end up in the front row of the stands, which, um, if you read into that, that's uh, that's 
that's not a great quarterback play by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Devlin Hodges uh, also not making the, this team. Obviously, uh, I think the extenuating circumstances led to uh, Duck being cut and uh, then proceeding uh, him to be add to the practice squad. Um, so the Steelers will carry four quarterbacks this year. Um, Devlin obviously started six games for the Steelers last last year. Um, and uh, he really, uh, he really kind of proved uh, proved himself uh, to n- not necessarily be a future starter, but uh, at times he came in and looked really well for the Steelers, uh, and and we got a little bit more out of him than I think uh, than I think I really was uh, expecting. Um, so Devlin Hodges, quarterback four on the depth chart in 2020, um, and uh, and who knows from there. Um, Obviously, the next name on uh, this uh, this little exercise here, Jordan Barry, the last guy to be cut from the Steelers um, after the 53-man roster was set, actually. Jordan Barry, uh, he had a really poor 2018 season. Uh, he coupled that up with a, with a great bounce back first three quarters in uh, 2019. Uh, but his last month of the season, I think, kind of cemented him... Uh, losing his job on the roster. Uh, Jordan Berry, of course, uh, he, he was a, l- a little famous last year for shanking a put, uh, punt against Buffalo uh, at the end of the year, uh, fumbling a, a ball that uh, then proceeded to be recovered by the Ravens for a touchdown in the final game of the year that was the last-ditch effort game for the Steelers to make it to the playoffs, um, and then also the world's worst fake punt, uh, blanking on the team that the Steelers ran that against, but I believe he lost like uh, eight yards. So whoever designed that, probably Danny Smith, um, <laughs> Jordan Berry, you could probably thank him for uh, finding your way off the team. But uh, here we are. Jordan Berry is no longer the punter of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, his averages also dropped off a little bit at the end of the year last year. Um, interesting tidbit. Um, I really do think, and this is completely personal, um, and I'm just saying this, I don't know if this was true at all, but um, listening to the Pat McAfee show every now and then, it really sounds like uh, sounds like the Steelers have uh, tried to make a couple of runs towards getting Pat McAfee uh, on the Steelers team, obviously a Pittsburgh boy. I don't remember, I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago, Pat McAfee was uh, trying to warm up the leg to see if he could bounce back in the NFL. It never happened, but um, with talks of him, uh, and and Tomlin saying uh, he wanted to get uh, Pat McAfee back to Pittsburgh when he was uh, old and cheap, uh, and, and Pat uh, kind of uh, testing out the old leg last offseason. I, I think I think the Steelers were uh, seeing if they could bring back the local boy a year ago. Um, Perhaps I'm crazy, but uh, I, I do think that might have been the move. The Steelers do do bring in a guy with local connections, as we'll talk about after the break. Um, as for right now, uh, I think we'll move uh, directly into the break here. Um, you are listening to Live Mike, and I am your host, Michael Beck. After the break here of the live mic again, I'm your host, Michael Beck of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, and and uh, we're talking about this crazy Labor Day um, that the Pittsburgh Steelers have had. Obviously, before the break, we're chatting about the cuts. And now uh, now I think we want to break down some of the uh, signings and re-signings that the Steelers have made. Um, 
And, and you know what? Uh, they, they've been a busy team. Kevin Colbert, uh, not resting at all. Um, he, he really tried to bring the band back together, as some would say. Uh, obviously, uh, the Washington Redskins, or take that back, the Washington football team. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to struggle with that all year. The Washington football team cut uh, former Steelers safety Sean Davis. And I think we can take off former off that statement because the Steelers did uh, decide to bring uh, Sean Davis back into the fold. Um, and uh, you know what? I think that it was a very savvy move on the Steelers' part. Um, Sean Davis, uh, as uh, someone who can play backups uh, free and strong safety, as it is uh, both positions he started at some point in his Steelers' tenure, uh, as you remember, a year ago, he got hurt. Uh, I believe it was after the New England game. I think he only played the one game last year after injuries cut his uh, season completely short. Now, uh, Sean Davis, uh, when he originally left Pittsburgh, obviously that was the move that kind of kind of fired up the Steelers into bringing someone else in, and that someone else being Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think everyone kind of forgot that Sean Davis was even on the roster. I, I know he was buried on the injured reserve, but um, a year later he signs with uh, Washington, and no one really bats an eye. And uh, a, a couple uh, couple months after that, he gets cut and brought right back in. And holy, I think we all remember Sean Davis. He instantly brings uh, brings experience and depth to the safety position. Which which was a spot that I don't think the Steelers had a lot in um, after uh, Mink and Terrell. There wasn't uh, there wasn't too much in the way of depth. Uh, Curtis Riley, who was a addition in uh, during training camp, obviously is the guy that ended up getting cut, but he was also brought back onto the practice squad. He was uh, kind of the double duty backup safety, which honestly, I think if either Steelers uh, safety got hurt, I think that would be a gigantic downgrade. Obviously, uh, both the Steelers starters are pretty solid in their own right, especially Minka Fitzpatrick, who has potential to be a defensive player of the year in football. Uh, Even last year, he was just that good. Um, So... In that sense, uh, Sean Davis signing was absolutely, uh, absolutely outstanding. I think if if Curtis Riley was the backup, I would, uh, I would kind of equate that to Cam Kelly being the the backup safety a year ago. Uh, he didn't really do much until uh, until that whole uh, legal problem popped up and he uh, found his way out of the NFL. So. I'm uh, I'm definitely glad the Steelers decided to bring in Sean Davis. He's someone who could also step up in that uh, kind of Mark Barron role from a year ago, kind of play that uh, nickel linebacker, that kind of spot that uh, shadows uh, tight ends. I, I know he wasn't the, the best in coverage against some tight ends, but it's definitely an upgrade to what the Steelers had before. And uh, Sean Davis, of course, in I believe his 20, 2018, led the Steelers in tackles. So he does have that prowess. Uh, he's going to be asked to play special teams and, uh, I think this was a great move by the Steelers. Uh, they shored up their secondary. Um, their, their corners are deep, and now I think they're deep at safety. I'm really excited. In the event of an injury, say a pulled groin or hamstring here that keeps someone out for a game, uh, I'm now confident that uh, the Steelers will be just fine and won't skip a beat with uh, who is behind them in the backfield. Flipping it over to the other side, uh, we got one Mr. Josh Dobbs uh, coming back as a quarterback. He was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars after uh, spending a year as their backup quarterback. Um, 
Of course, the Steelers traded him um, just before the start of the regular season a year ago. They picked up a fifth-round pick for Josh Dobbs when they sent him to Jacksonville. That uh, that was kind of during a, a Nick Foles injury, and the Jags were kind of uh, desperate to find a, a backup replacement as Gardner Minshew was uh, sliding into the starting spot uh, as a late-round quarterback draft pick. Uh, they needed some stability. They uh, overspent, to be honest, bringing in Dobbs, which was great for us. That fifth-round pick uh, instantly got flipped over, and uh, the Steelers are looking uh, pretty darn good now. That fifth-round pick uh, was involved in the Minka Fitzpatrick trade, and the Steelers wound up getting Josh Dobbs right back on the roster. It really was a win-win for this team. Josh Dobbs... uh Instantly uh, slots in as the quarterback number uh, three on the team behind Mason Rudolph and, of course, future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger. And uh, he uh, he is someone that obviously wouldn't be great if uh, he hit the field. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback if their name's not Ben Roethlisberger. I think uh, that instantly makes the Steelers drop from a Super Bowl contender to a wild card hopeful. Uh, but Josh Dobbs is going to be primarily used in... Uh, in practice as someone to kind of uh, mimic the the Lamar Jackson uh, type. He is a more mobile quarterback, most mobile on the Steelers roster right now, and he'll be he'll be used in those situations. So I fully believe uh, that's kind of why the move was made, especially because Josh Jobs is he, he literally is a genius. The guy is a rocket scientist. He went to school for it, uh, and he is also beloved within the Steelers locker room. So it, it all made sense for him coming back to the Berg. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't think he's going to have the biggest impact on the field, but uh, I think his impact um, will be felt largely in the locker room. Next here, and uh, the last of the big signings to this point, one Mr. Dustin Colquitt. If you're familiar with that name, he is the longtime Chiefs punter of 15 years. He picked up a Super Bowl ring a year ago as a member of the club. And really, he was only cut this year, uh, this past offseason rather, because uh, the Chiefs flat out don't really need a punter, especially one that they're paying a little over $3 million a year to. Dustin Colquitt, uh, by all accounts, was uh, told, hey, listen... We love you. You are a, a cornerstone of this franchise. However, uh, continu- continuing to pay you would be a mistake as Patrick Mahomes and company. We just flat out don't punt the ball a lot. And we don't need someone who's t- the top of the league commanding top money because when we are punting, we don't have uh, 80 yards to punt the ball. So with all that said, Dustin Colquitt gets cut, uh, not because of talent, but because of uh, because of his price tag. And then signs in Pittsburgh after training camp for a, a very sweetheart deal by all accounts uh, is saving the team a million dollars when it comes to uh, when it comes to the punter because he is making significantly less than Jordan Barry was uh, on a one year deal. Of course, he is 38 years old, but again, he is a punter. And typically, those kickers, if they keep in good shape. Uh, nothing uh, nothing stops them from uh, staying and keeping that elite status. So Dustin Colquitt is the newest punter of your Pittsburgh Steelers. He, by all accounts uh, and by myself watching him play, has been one of the best punters in football the last 15 years. Uh, I, I just think it's a great ad. Um, I, I think this team, especially defensively, instead of only having to defend, say, a 60-yard field uh, because of a shank punt, 
Uh, the Steelers' defense is now going to uh, play with a ton of space behind their backs, not to even mention the offense that's going to chew the clock a ton. The Steelers' defense is going to come on the field fresh and with 85 yards at their f- uh, a field at their backs consistently now. I-, I don't know how many teams are going to be able to drive the ball 85 yards, every single team, their offense is out there against this great Steelers defense. Legitimately, all these factors combined, uh, I am super excited about um, uh, about uh, Dustin Colquitt and what he can do coupled with this uh, defense. This, oh, well, uh, honestly, I, I cannot even begin to ex- express how excited I am for this to ha- have happened. This is uh, this is going to be exciting. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see uh, when uh, 2020 is all said and done, what the Steelers' defensive uh, points per game uh, average is allowed. Make that because I don't think it's going to be a whole heck of a lot. Um, and moving into uh, the last name I want to touch here, who's going to have a really big uh, a really big 2020 season, and he is a big fella. Cam Hayward getting that that gigantic extension was the last thing to have happen. Cam Hayward, uh, he has five years remaining total on his deal now uh, worth over $75 million. It is a a record uh, money for a defensive player over the the age of 30, which at first might sound like a scary statistic, but Cam has had his best three seasons of his career the last three seasons. Cam, Cam is playing the best football of his life. And the Steelers lock lock in a uh, a pillar of, of the organization to finish up his career in black and gold. Uh, I, I think I think it's a great move. At first, I was a little weary of it because he is turning 31 in May. But uh, to be completely honest with you, I think losing this guy is one of those locker room killers because he is a captain. Uh, he is he's someone that leads vocally and with his play on the field. And I think uh, the Steelers would be losing something gigantic that would be extremely hard to replace had Cam Hayward had to sign elsewhere. So now we don't have to worry about that. We got Cam for five more years. Uh, if you're planning on bu- buying a Cam Hayward jersey and you're waiting on this to shake out, I'm giving you the green light to go ahead. The guy's going to be a career stealer, so by all means, open up your uh, your piggy bank because uh, Cam Hayward is going to be here for life. There was one more kind of rumor that Jerry, uh, Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette did mention um, that I did uh, talk about earlier in the show, that the Steelers were working on an extension for another player uh, that isn't quite uh, resolved yet as the, at the time of this recording. Um, if it has, when you're listening to this, uh, I do apologize, but uh, that information hasn't come down the pipeline yet. So... If I had to predict who that player is going to be, um, I, I could tell you right now, I don't think it's going to be Ben Roethlisberger because obviously the organization is going to want to see his elbow over the course of the season. I know they're going to want to extend him to uh, kind of balance out that $41 million cap hit, but if uh, if he doesn't have it anymore, extending him would probably be a mistake. Um I don't think it's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster either. Uh, his market is just going to be way too big right now, especially because Keenan Allen signed that deal worth more than $20 million a year. The Steelers just can't afford that in the future, so I think that might be another one that waits. Uh, I also don't think it's going to be James Conner, namely because I don't think the Steelers want to pay a running back anymore, especially because they keep drafting them and they have four legitimate running backs on this roster right now, and they could just draft another one next year to replace James Conner. So I think that deal might have to wait unless he has a, a superstar type season and the Steelers find that they can't uh, get rid of him uh, in the slightest. Uh, 
continuing to move things along with those guys, I think the two names that uh, we might see get this deal is one of Matt Fowler or Mike Hilton. So, uh... Stay tuned to that. Uh, I think both those guys, namely, would get the deal because they haven't made a ton of money, uh, have uh, lived on that RFA status, and uh, just not gotten the payday yet. And it would be kind of nice to reward those guys before a season happened with an extension and give them a little bit more money. So with all that said, um, I'm going to uh, sign out here. Um, you have been listening to the live mic on the brand new uh, Tuesday morning slot on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, continue to check out the website. We always got exciting stuff going on. And football is back this week, baby. Uh, Thursday night football, of course, uh, is, is the first NFL game of the year. Uh, that is the Chiefs and Texans. And the Steelers are playing the early Monday night game. I cannot wait for that one. And I can't wait for you guys to join me again next week for the live mic and on Wednesday night for uh, Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Ben. Benedict and uh, someone, uh, a special guest from the New York Giants organization that uh, um, will help us break down that game against the Giants. So you've been listening to the live mic. I'm Michael Beck. Have a great night. <laughs>